0: From the Gospel according to John, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is probably the Christmas text other than uh, Luke's Gospel. Um, I kind of like this one a bit more, maybe because I hear Luke's Gospel every year, but the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's stand once again and sing one more carol, He is Born, Little Child, number 50. Number 50.
1: He is born, little child divine, Play on the reeds while the lute side strumming. He is born, little child divine. Join the song to announce the day. Child divine Join the song To announce of child divine. Join the song to got to
0: sing this one though, because this is a Canadian um, Canadian uh, piece of can- well I mean it says Heritage is the tune. so it's a piece of Canadian heritage. 19, uh, 1958 and 1970, the words and music, uh, no crowded Eastern Street. It's definitely very Canadian. Um, uh, you know you imagine like you know downtown Toronto, people walking you know uh, down Bay Street or something like that. and, and then you can think of uh, uh, many Canadians still. Um, grew up in, in rural situations, and uh, this really speaks to that. And uh, it's very lovely. So we should probably sing it. Otherwise, I think who so, will sing yeah. it if we don't?
1: We must sing it. <laughs> yeah, nobody sings it on Christmas
0: Eve. People like, people don't know that song. So we should sing this uh, today. So mm-hmm. let's sing number 49, No Crowded mm-hmm. Eastern Street. Love that line, yet in his presence all may stand with loving heart and willing hand. Uh, Just recipients of grace. Martin Luther said, We're all beggars in the end. Um, Recipients of God's love and God's grace, even though we have done nothing uh, to deserve such a thing, because it's not about deserving it. It's a gift. Uh, Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you sent John as a witness to the light. He was not the light, but he was a witness to the light. We pray that through these human words, we are witnesses to your light, that your light might shine and we might see your face. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. How beautiful, writes Isaiah from this morning's Old Testament scripture. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, and says to Zion, Your God reigns. Zion is another word for Mount Zion the home of the holy city of Jerusalem, the beating heart of ancient Israelite religion. Isaiah writes these words, though, to people who have seen their city shattered, to ruins. Their people hauled off as slaves of the Babylonian Empire. Their temple, their holy temple, the dwelling place of God himself torn to the ground. It's a time of no freedom, no hope, no future. But Isaiah is a prophet, not a fortune teller. Rather, a prophet is someone who's been given what Abraham Joshua Heschel referred to as divine perspective. Isaiah is able to see what God sees. He's been been given a vision, a future possibility. And this vision is of a messenger off in the distance, one who blows a trumpet, one who announces good news, one who shouts that peace is on the way, salvation, healing, that the Lord reigns, that the king is returning to the city. And because the king is returning to the city, Buildings will be rebuilt, people will be mended. Listen, he shouts, your sentinels lift your voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Even though the city's in ruins, Isaiah says that it's not forever. Even though the days are dark, Isaiah sees this messenger as a light of hope off in the distance. He tells his people that they can break forth together in singing for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. He has bared his holy arm before all the eyes of the nation and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. One day the city will be restored to glory because the king is coming into his kingdom. So even in the midst of the city's ruins, they can sing for joy. Even in the midst of the city's ruins, their liberation is at hand, and they can have hope. And the whole world will see God's restoration. I love how we sing, you know, all these songs about lovely children and stuff like that. And usually in Christmas, I'm going to say, um, Christmas kids probably need grace more than they do in the rest of the, in the, rest of the year. But I digress. This is a beautiful vision. And historically speaking, this is a beautiful vision that eventually rang true. Their exile did, in fact, come to an end. People returned home. The city was rebuilt, including the temple that had been torn down. The divine perspective Isaiah had been given became a holy reality. At least, eventually. But with the coming of Jesus, the writing of the New Testament, and the establishment of the Christian tradition, we've come to see Isaiah's words as so much more than just a return of the people from Babylon. Jesus spoke Isaiah's words not as history, but as contemporary, happening in the moment. Isaiah is cited more than any other book in the Old Testament. So much so that the early Christian writers sometimes referred to Isaiah as the fifth gospel. In fact, St. Jerome, a priest and scholar from the 4th century, said that Isaiah should be called an evangelist rather than a prophet because he describes all the mysteries of Christ and the church so clearly that you would think he is composing a history of what has already happened rather than prophesying about what is to come. That the words of Isaiah not only applied to his own time, the exile of his people and the destruction of Jerusalem, they also applied to Jesus that these words somehow shed light on his life, his death, his rex- resurrection, and the, and the destiny of all humanity, and indeed the whole of creation. It was so much more than just the return of ex- from exile of his people, but the end of the exile of humanity and its brokenness. And so this is why this text finds its way to us as a set reading for Christmas morning. The celebration of the incarnation, the word made flesh. God as a human being because for us, Jesus is the messenger who announces to us the freedom of creation. But Jesus is not only the messenger who bears good news, who announces salvation, who declares the Lord reigns. In him, we've seen what peace looks like. In him, we've come face to face with God's salvation, God's healing, God's mending of human lives and all creation. In him, we have seen God's kingdom on the ground. Where the world's kingdoms are satisfied to run on greed, violence, and oppression, Jesus' kingdom operates on self-giving mercy, forgiveness, and daily bread. In him, we have seen our lives could be more merciful, joyful, generous, just like his. Our world can be more peaceful, more fair, more just, just as he practiced. And in fact, this vision, this dream, this divine perspective will become a reality because God is already at work in us, healing us, making us new. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. So Jesus is not only the messenger, but Jesus is also, in the words of St. John, the word made flesh. Jesus is not only the messenger, but Jesus is the message itself. And he approaches again today on this Christmas day. His feet that first touched down in a desert manger and were disfigured by the wounds of crucifixion, are making fresh tracks in the snow on our own mountain ranges and glaciers, and even down Fitzgerald, and up the steps to St. George's, announcing peace and bearing good news. And so we, like the sentinels on the city walls, can sing for joy. Like the inhabitants of the burnt-out city, we too can erupt in song. We can live in the faith, the confident hope of the better world our hearts know is possible. Because with him comes the healing of the world's brokenness on the horizon. And the restoration of the city of creation is at hand. How beautiful upon the mountains. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace. Who brings good news. Who announces salvation. And says to Zion, your God reigns. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. For this, thanks be to God. Amen. Since we're such a small group, I thought if we liked to, I would invite anyone if they would like. Uh, I'm going to lead a pastoral prayer, but if, there's, if there are any joys or concerns that you would like to share at this time, um, prayers for Christmas, um, now is your time to do so. Um, we are a smaller group, so you might as well. I mean, how many prayers could there possibly be? Is there anything that anybody has to share? Joys or concerns, Christmas joys, gratitude? Christmas prayer for families.
1: Christmas prayers for families, families who are broken, families who can heal, and f- families everywhere across the whole world that are are um, just tr- striving to be together today. Yeah. In some way, yeah, yeah. connecting with each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because not all families are necessarily. We talk about family a lot of the time as if. Across-the-board, family is a good thing for people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is and that? for some folks, family is not the best, or is hard, or is, is like you said, broken, mm-hmm. so prayer for families, mm-hmm. and family at this church.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for gratitude for the choir (laughs) and for Kelly. And for
0: Kelly, yeah, we could probably name every single person here. There's so few
1: people. Half the people
0: are up here; the other half are down there.
1: (laughs) I'd like to pray for for up there and down there. (laughs) Mm. Um,
0: I would just like to pray a prayer of gratitude for. Christmas for the gift of being able to be a pastor at this time. Um, I was thinking last night as I was going to bed, um, uh, You know, I was thinking, well, it's too late. I, the kids are going to be up so early. I need to get to sleep. I need to get to sleep. But I also felt this deep sense of gratitude for being able to share this time with you um, and uh, each of you as well. Um, even though this service is small, I still love it. It's, it's beautiful. We're gathered together, um, and I am richly blessed by this time, even though it's hectic, can be hectic and crazy. And I have a supportive wife and family that I am grateful for, especially Cheyenne is the best. My children are so-so, but you know. <laughs> so maybe I'll pray for their, uh, you know, deliverance from the evil spirits that inhabit them at Christmas time. Walter, Bram, do you guys have anything to pray for? (laughs) Not even gratitude for Christmas gifts? There you go. Okay. Let us pray. Praise and thanks to you, O God, for all you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, for the wonders of life and for the mystery of love especially your love in the flesh in Jesus we thank you for the blessing of family and friends and we pray for the healing and mending of hearts broken families that struggle families that do not know peace We ask for your loving care which surrounds us on every side to fill each crack with your light and your mercy. We thank you for the delight we find in finishing well our Christmas tasks. And for helping us find comfort in you even in failure or distress. We thank you for everyone gathered here today. We thank you for the many blessings of worship, of singing, and community that are witnesses to your light in Christ. Above all, on this day we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and the example of his life for his faithfulness, his dying, his rising to life again, by which we too are raised to life anew. Grant us the gift of your Spirit on this day, that we may know Christ and make him known, and through him at all times and in all places may give thanks to you in all things. This we pray in Jesus' name, and we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, So uh, please stand, and uh, before we celebrate communion, we will recite the Nicene Creed, which is the Christmas Creed. We've been saying this creed all the way through, uh, through the uh, Advent and Christmas season, because this, this creed, in its, the language of its day, tries to get at the mystery of God in Christ, the mystery of full divinity, full humanity, residing in one. Um, and, you know, you, uh, if you ever sing, if you ever sing uh, Come All You Faithful, you actually sing words directly from this creed. Light from light, begotten not made. So whenever, you know, you're on Jeopardy or something, you'll be able to, which creed, this creed was, uh, you know, anyway. Please, please stand and we'll recite the Nicene Creed, which can be found on 920. And then following that, we'll pass the peace of Christ. Okay. we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So, uh, as Jesus Christ came to reconcile, and in Christ the wall has been broken down between us, we pass the peace of Christ as a sign of his mercy and his grace in this place, and that we put down our own arms uh, as we embrace each other. So as Jesus Christ is the host at this table and the unseen guest in our midst, the peace of Christ be with all, you all. Let's extend hands of the peace of Christ. somebody would have remembered to turn on the heat. And you can uh, follow along the communion liturgy in your bulletin. Just pay attention to what I say. I didn't print the whole prayer in here, but uh, your parts are again in the bold, and uh, my part is in the uh, unbolded part. Um, One thing, would someone like to assist me in serving communion? Would somebody be willing to do that this morning? Would anybody, somebody up here? Ken would be, would be willing. Just uh, stay seated until we're we're ready. But Ken, <laughs> Ken will Ken will help. Ken will help. Ellen is called on to do pretty much everything. So, so. <laughs> I trust you, Ellen. I'm not just. Okay. Um, and before we begin, just some logistical things. Um, uh, when you come forward. Um, you'll have the option to receive... We're doing wafers. We don't normally do wafers, but uh, they're little, little circular wafers if you're uh, not familiar with the, the, the form of, of bread that Roman Catholics, Anglicans, and others use. But there is, there is gluten uh, communion wafers, and there's gluten-free communion wafers. The, gluten, the gluten-free communion wafers are in the smaller plate, and um, I think Ken will actually be the one serving... He'll probably be good at this. He's an Anglican. uh, So he'll know. He'll know exactly what to do. He'll put it right in your hand, too. It'll be great. Um, And then I will be serving uh, wine. And this is actually uh, the communion cup and plate from Cumberland United Church, which recently closed, um, which has a special significance uh, to us uh, because this community continues to live on and its witness continues to live on. And it's just... Beautiful to have this real silver stuff um, to serve communion with. Um, and this there will be real wine today. So um, your choice. <laughs> I know the Anglican also, and they're like, woo. <laughs> there will be real wine today. Um, and your choice is you can either dip the wafer or you can receive it common cup. That is okay. Studies have been done. As long as you have high higher proof wine, as long as it's silver and as long as I wipe it away and turn it, there are virtually no germs. If you're sick, please try to refrain, just in case. But the alcohol will actually actually get rid of that. If you're unable to receive alcohol, the way that you receive would simply put your hand on the cup uh, symbolically. If you're unable to receive alcohol for whatever reason, if you don't like the taste or just can't, um, uh, just place your hand on the cup. And I think that that's pretty much it. Um, Kara will actually be singing uh, a song um, during, the, during the offering, and then I think that some more singing will be done as well. During communion. Oh, yeah, during communion, <laughs> not the offering. Um, and uh, uh, just know that at this table, you are welcome no matter who you are, no matter where you're from. Uh, no matter who you have been baptized by, or even if you have not, or have yet to be baptized, you are welcome at this table. Normally in the Christian tradition, baptism comes before the receipt of communion, but we also know that with Jesus, the world is turned upside down, the first are last, and the last are first. If you find yourself drawn to this table, even though you have yet to be been baptized, please come forward. We will not turn you away because this is not my table. This is not the table of St. George's United Church or the United Church of Canada. This is the table of the Lord, and all are welcome who wish to follow him and wish to walk in his way. So, with that in mind, let us begin. The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Blessed are you, gracious God, creator of light, giver of life, source of love. We bless you with your gifts. We bring, you bring creation to birth and send prophets to awaken us to your advent among us. We praise you for that holy night of hope and the wonder of this time of joy. We thank you for those who, like Mary, have the strength and courage to give birth to your love in the world for those who, like the shepherds, dare to seek out the child of Bethlehem. We praise you that your everlasting light is shown to us in womb and tomb, in cradle and cross, in tenderness and compassion. For Jesus Christ, in whom you gather the hopes and fears of all the years, we bless your holy name, joining with every people, of, all pure people of every time and place and with angels and archangels proclaim the holy birth saying holy 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 lord god of power and might heaven and earth are full of your glory hosanna in the highest blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord hosanna in the highest mighty and tender god in jesus of nazareth we recognize the fullness of your grace light life and love revealed in words that confront and comfort us, in teachings that challenge and change us, in compassion that heals and frees us. And now we gather at this table to remember and to be filled with such longing for your realm, that we may rise together to turn our worship into witness and to follow in your way. On the night before he died, Jesus took bread, and after giving thanks to you, God of all creation, he broke it and gave it to those who sat with them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Loving God, we rejoice in the gift of your grace. Remembering Christ's life and death, proclaiming his resurrection, waiting in hope for his coming again, grant that in praise and thanksgiving we may so offer ourselves to you, that our lives may proclaim the mystery of faith, saying, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ Christ will come again. Send, O God, your Holy Spirit upon us in these gifts, that all who share in this loaf and cup may be the body of Christ, light, life, and love in the world. In this hope and as your people, we praise you. Through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory is yours, God most holy, now and forever. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. These are the gifts of God, and they are for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we'll have Ken please come forward. And once we're in place, we'll maybe get the choir to, to join in the line first. And then everybody can, can line up behind them. So gluten... Why don't you go stand right there? Or, no, stand right there. That's better. The blood of Christ, the cup of salvation.
2: It was the song the Virgin sang when she to Bethlehem, Judea, came. She was delivered of a son, that blessed babe she was to name.
0: Please stand and grab the shoulder or the hand of the person beside you if you can. Grab somebody's hand, somebody's shoulder. On I'm all alone now. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you have united yourself to us you have united yourself in your in our to our humanity in Jesus Christ. We give thanks to you for the meal that we have shared at his table and his presence that we have encountered together. We pray that the reconciliation we have met in Christ that we may extend it to all the earth. Seeking your mercy, your justice, and your peace for all creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Remain standing because we're going to sing Joy to the World. Number Voices United, number 59. morning into the snow and know that Christ walks with you along the way, that God is with you and for you always. You have nothing to fear. And may the Lord bless you and keep you, may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, may he lift his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. Amen. And I think we're going to sing one more. Sing till sundown. Voices United, number 78, not a well-known mm-hmm. one, but I'm sure the choir will will school us.
1: <laughs> I think we're all learning it together this morning. Okay.
0: <laughs> Eve knows it, Eve knows it. That's it, Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas. Christmas.
0: And also with you.